the county of Los Angeles would like you to know that if you are recording a podcast at this time, you should stop immediately. <laughs> seek, seek shelter immediately. No, I've got a podcast to do. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 33. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite music artists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this very podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my good friend... Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. This week... I watched The Martian, and you listened to The Strokes. And let me tell you, when you said episode thirty-three, I had a little—I had a little moment there. I was like, thirty-three. That's that's so many. <laughs> I know, I know. It's I do love the double numbers and uh, and all that too. And you know what's funny? You didn't ask me how I was uh, after you after you said your name. And uh, I didn't mind it because every time you say uh, Matt Runquist, uh, how are you today? And I'm like, or whatever. I'm always. I always have to restrain myself right, yeah. from answering because I know you've got more. <laughs> You're a Midwesterner, and so you think when somebody says, how are you, what they're asking is, is how are you? When really, right. a lot of times when somebody says, how are you, what they're saying is, is hello. It's it's part two of hello. <laughs> yes, part exactly. Two of hello. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, wow. How are how are things actually in um, the Midwest these things days? Things are good in the Midwest. Yeah, we uh, we came back from Michigan. That trip was somber, but a nice trip. Uh, no major incidents to report, so that's good. Although Chicago traffic continued to be Chicago traffic, we thought we were going to sail right through. A uh, rainstorm hit. There were accidents everywhere. It was a, just a oh, nightmare. No. I mean, we were fine, but yeah. Uh, but driving driving in Chicago traffic in a rainstorm is never a great idea. You should have uh, cut straight across the lake, man. Yeah, it would have saved you some time. It absolutely would have saved us time. And folks, if you have the money, I do highly recommend taking the ferry across Lake Michigan. It's supposed is to be. Is there a ferry? Yes, there's a ferry from. Wait, where from? <laughs> You're about to tell me. I was, in fact, about to tell you. <laughs> there is a ferry directly from Milwaukee to um, a place called uh, Muskegon, uh, which oh. is right in sort of the gay coast of of western Michigan. There's a, there's a town called Holland, and there's a, a couple other towns. I can't remember the names of them, but uh, they're like little resort communities right on the lake there. Wow. Uh, and so there's a really beautiful ferry that leaves right from Milwaukee, but it is very expensive, like plane ticket expensive. I mean, cheap, really? like, like Southwest Airlines ticket, but still okay. plane ticket expensive. But you're and, exp- spending a hundred bucks or what? Probably around a hundred bucks a person. Plus you have to pay for your a car. A person? Yeah. Oh, plus I didn't know that's how it worked. I, fi- I figured you would have just paid for the car and... Yeah, no, that would be nice, but no... Um, hmm. so yeah, so it's pretty spendy, but if you have the, if you have the money, it's way better than driving through Chicago. There is another ferry, uh, that leaves from north of here, uh, Manitowoc over to Ludington, uh, Michigan. Um, oh. that one is slower and older, but, uh, oh, okay. also, it's also a fun one. That one you can actually take overnight, which is kind of an interesting experience oh. to be out on the lake in the middle of the lake, uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, uh-huh. because sure. you know the stars are are beautiful and and 
for those of you who have never lived near one of our great lakes, they are very similar to oceans. Like, yep, you can't water, see across it. Water as far as the eye can see. And yeah, uh, yeah. And Milwaukee is right about at the widest part of the lake. It's about 90 miles across here. So wow. uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um but anyways, I have so... a couple of uh, I have a couple of fairy uh, st- stories. But before I do, I wanted to make sure you did say that the ferry goes to the gay coast, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Okay. I don't know what the official name is, but there are the, you know like just like Cape Cod or or Fire Island. Like there's certain sure. you know. I had no idea Michigan had a gay coast. I, I'm thrilled to learn this, and uh, and now it is a destination. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'll find out the name of the town for you. There's one town in specific that has been mentioned to me, and I cannot come up with the name because I got to be honest, I didn't prep for this particular conversation. No, no, that would be <laughs> that would be lovely to learn about. When I was in uh, when I was in Japan uh, in Osaka, they have several like. Uh, uh, fingers of land that go out into the uh, into the bay, and if you want to get from one finger to another, uh, you have to take a ferry. And it used to, they have some bridges that you can drive over, but we as performers were not allowed to operate a motor vehicle, and so uh, and you either had to ride a bicycle, and in order to do that, you had to go up the finger towards downtown, cross a bridge that had bike, like crossing and then back down the uh the 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 finger that had the park in it and or you could take the ferry and they took about um an equal amount of time i would say so uh but i usually opted to ride my bicycle even if it was raining just because i liked the extra exercise and um the other thing was interesting, especially you're mentioning taking a ferry at night, was when I went to Paris and I decided to pop up to London for a couple of days. And I saw that there was a mega bus that went up there overnight. And I thought, oh, how perfect. I'll save money on a hotel, sleep on the bus. The bus has Wi-Fi and I'm, I'm using Wi-Fi in heavy quotes there. Um, and, uh, and it'll, I'll just, you know, and the bus goes on the ferry, the ferry goes over the, over the channel, the English channel. And, and we're in London in morning. Uh, what I did not know was that you were not allowed to stay on the bus while it's on the ferry. Mm. I guess because if the ferry sinks, then you're toast, whatever. Right. So they want everybody, uh, off the bus so you and there was no place to stand so um it was not an enjoyable trip and so it, if you're saying if you can afford it then take the ferry i'm saying if you can afford it take the channel uh or fly um <laughs> because do not take the bus from paris to london if you can help it yeah that's um, uh it's really specific to the milwaukee muskegon ferry it's not generalized ferry advice <laughs> yes yes exactly uh so here in la we've had some interesting times even i mean just today so we are filming this on the uh filming we're recording this on the 20th <laughs> i thought there was a number following the two but no it's just the 20th and uh it's when the uh hurricane Hillary became Tropical Storm Hillary and hit landfall uh, in the Southern California uh, area. And so we are, it came up through uh, San Diego and now us, but it did go mostly east of L.A. And so in L.A. we've just got heavy rain and it's not even that heavy. Uh, But also today we had an earthquake uh, and it was uh, not, it was Coco's first earthquake that I know of, and uh, it was fine. It wasn't too big, but interestingly enough, we got a warning 
before the earthquake. It was the first time this has ever happened to me where I got notice of an impending earthquake. And so I would have had time to, I don't know, get under the bed or maybe run outside even if I thought that it was going to be a, a big enough you know, earthquake. I, I saw what it was and I was like... Pfft. Uh, 6.0, 100 miles away, don't bother me. Do you but, know um, Do you know a lot scientifically about earthquakes? Like, do you how fast they travel, that sort of thing? Uh, they travel pretty fast, but it's, uh, uh, I don't know, actually. Okay, because I'm curious if that's, like, a, an automated warning that, like, the seismographs go off and yep. then it immediately sends something out to the emergency warning system. Yep, yep, that's that exactly what it is. That is pretty cool. That's not it's something we nifty. had when I was a kid. Yeah, I will say that I had about I had about thir maybe thirty seconds, and this was a this was an Ojai, which was not a hundred miles away, but maybe fifty miles away. So uh, if you can do that math, but the interesting thing, and you're a music buff, it uh, immediately uh, not immediately, but as I was thinking about it, a certain song popped into my head. Can you think of what I might be thinking of? Uh, Tori Amos. Little Earthquakes? No. Oh, no, no I, I was thinking this song. End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. Oh, yeah. uh, it starts with an earthquake, <laughs> birds, yeah. snakes, and airplanes. Uh, and uh, yeah, Eye of the Hurricane. So anyway, I just thought that was uh, that's a that's a perfect choice for this yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than the end of the impending world here in LA, uh, things are doing pretty well. I've been working on um, uh, producing another web series. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I'm producing something called Time Wrecked, which is something I wrote ages ago with a friend of mine by the name of Curtis Freisel, uh, and we've been actually in pre-production, like designing props, and uh, we're getting into casting. We're probably going to shoot it in about two months, and uh, it's it's very exciting. So. Uh, yeah, the only mention you have made of it is you told me about designing props, and then I gently hinted that I wanted to be cast, and you said no. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't realize I talked about that last week. Uh, yeah, we'll probably be casting, other than Curtis, we'll be casting uh, probably exclusively from the collaborative, which is the acting group that I'm part of. Uh, for a couple reasons. One is that I know what their skill sets are, and so I can I can just look at the uh, look at the roster and be like, okay, you, you, and you could probably do this role. Give me reading, you know, give me a self-tape. And then um, in order to get the collaborative's production insurance, which is free for collaborative members, you do need to cast from, or at least have a casting call from the collaborative members. So, uh, so we'll probably be doing that. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about today, don't we? Yeah, let's get into it. And yeah, let's, let's... get into the meat. Let's uh, switch things up a little. I'm going to shake it up. I'm going to shake it up forever. <laughs> You're free to do as you choose, but I think we should do the music this week for sure. All right, let's shake things up and do the music first. Uh, give, me the, give me the beat. All right, the beat is that I am an idiot and told you that the Strokes were a British band last week, and they are not a British band. They're Brooklyn hipsters. <laughs> I looked it up. I was researching to do a little bit of uh, pre-production for this episode, and uh, I realized that I they seem British to me, but they're, they're Americans. So okay. the Strokes were a large part of the garage rock revival at the er uh, beginning of the early 2000s, and they... Um, 
you know, we talked a lot about authenticity in the 90s and how, you know, fun sort of destroyed the concept of authenticity around the end of the 2010s. But the Strokes were very much of this tradition of like, oh, we're like, you know, gritty and earthy and hmm. we're all just, you know, kids, even though they're all in their 20s at the time. Uh, you know, we're all just kids making music and we don't need, you know, big production tricks or anything like that to make good, cool music. So this is uh, good, cool music. I like it a lot, but it's uh, it's not something I got super into at the time. I was I was into things that were maybe a little more obscure than this at the time, and it kind of uh -huh. flew flew past me. So I've been listening to this album for the past couple of years, and I like it. I like it quite a bit. And I thought that it kind of dovetails nicely with the band Interpol, who are also Brooklyn hipsters. Uh, and you had them maybe 10 episodes ago or so, and you were kind of yeah. comsy-gosy on them. Uh, and this is, it's sort of a Ooh, different French. take. <laughs> uh, it's sort of a different take on the same style of music. Uh, my favorite song on this album is the most popular song, Last Night. If you've heard any of these songs before, the one you've heard is Last Night. Uh, okay. So uh, let me know what you thought. I'm actually really curious about this because my instinct was that you weren't going to like it. But then I thought, you uh -huh. know, Travis surprises me sometimes. Uh -huh. What 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 did you think? Okay, so uh, y uh, I am. Uh, it's I, I have complicated feelings. I as I frequently do, but I will tell you that on the whole, I really liked this album. Um, Fascinating. On the whole, and I think I really only had one problem with this album, and I'll bet, I'll bet that you can tell me what that was. The vocals. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I hated the vocals. He sounds like his, and, he's and, at the end of a hallway or something. You know? What? Yeah, and he does. He does this thing where he like sings the vocals, and it sounds like they're coming through a speaker, and then that that's what they recorded, um, and they're distorted on purpose. And what's really frustrating, and I, I it's funny because you talk about authenticity, <laughs> and this seems like the most unauthentic thing that they can do. It seems like such a um, such a, uh, a a deliberate. Um, Oh, posing. It's for? it's like posing, right? You're like it's it's a it's it's an effort to give yourself a uh, a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, instead of just relying on your talent, which are immense. The talents of this of this band are are quite clear, and not just the music, which is great, but the singing. You can hear that it's good singing, and you're like, <laughs> why why cover it up with this distortion that just annoys my brain so much? And um, so I'll put that aside for for a second because okay, do that. because everything else was really delightful about this album. I found myself dancing to some of the music. It's very um, danceable. It's good stuff. And there was another song called Someday, which mm -hmm. I found recognizable. And I looked it up and it had been used in several movies and TV shows. And uh, so this is one of those bands that is, um, it, it, it's, it's accessible, I think. Mm -hmm. And the music is, uh, it, it's, it's not only danceable, but it's also, it's well orchestrated. Like, you know how I've talked about this several times where uh, it, it 
the 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 guitar work is great the drum work is great yeah and it's all very deliberate and 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 written ahead of time to be to kind of work together and make each song unique and distinctive and and enjoyable and uh, it it does great at all that you know that's interesting that you say that if i had one read on this album it's that it's a little samey at times you know because this band is essentially five guys in a garage, or at least that's what mm -hmm. they want you to think, right? There's two guitars, there's a bass, and there's drums, and there's not a whole lot of other instrumentation or production tricks on top of it. Yeah. You're right that musically they are pretty well differentiated, but just because, like, all of the instrumentation is the same and the, and mm. like the sort of the approach is the same, the, the songs can be, a, I think a little bit indistinct. I can see how you say that. And I think that uh, there are some songs, not every song is distinct and unique, but um, I, I thought that yeah. melodically, uh, yeah. there there was enough difference between um, between one song and the other uh, that they were, that I my brain did not get bored. You know, mm -hmm. listening to this, yeah. listening to this album, I felt that it was, I was engaged. I was, uh, it was, it was, there was a musical story being told, I thought. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, even the lyrics that I could understand seemed to be interestingly written, poetically written, uh, really well done. It's a, the, the word I'm looking for was affectation. That's what uh, it is. Ah, yes, thank you. It's, it's a, it, the, the, the way he uses this, uh, it, it's it's like you're putting on an effect for for and for no reason. Like it's to make yourself distinct. I get it. And so that when I looked up when I looked up why does the Strokes vocals sound the way they do, <laughs> the the wet the the Google uh, response I got was a whole page of how do I make my voice sound like the Strokes. It wasn't. Uh -huh. Why did the why did yeah. the singer choose to uh, to do this? It, none of that. Like I, I found no answer to that question. Well, but, okay. Um... So I mean, the answer I think it, you're right that it is an affectation, right? Um, obviously, this is a major label album that uh, you know they didn't have an infinite budget or anything. But like, if they wanted the vocals to be like upfront and clear, they could have done that for sure. Um, oh, you think that the vocals were like this? Because they couldn't afford to make them better? No, no, I'm saying they could, they absolutely could have made them better, right? I'm saying this was deliberate. Like the way they yeah, did yeah, yeah. it okay, was great. deliberate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I think that choice goes back to what I was saying about authenticity, right? That, that especially the sort of scene that they came from, the Brooklyn hipster scene that was mm -hmm. a big deal right around the turn of the millennium was very focused on the the sort sort of authenticity battles that plagued punk back in the 90s and even 80s mm. or or thrash metal in the 80s you know where it was very very important to do things a certain way in order to remain like part of the scene and not feel like you sold out and your fan base would abandon you you know mm. um 
That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, like, is that the right choice to make? I don't know. I mean, I do think that their their lead vocalist has a does have a really great voice and does have really good melodies. And you can tell and... I, w- I really wish I could hear him just sing. And, and a couple of these songs had less distortion than uh, than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, but and maybe they tried a different kind of things. And they, this is their is this their debut album? Uh, I'm I'm not sure if it's their debut. I think it's their debut full length. They had an EP before this, but okay. this is their debut, and it is by far their most successful album as well. Is it? But, okay. But for a while, the Strokes were the biggest, like the biggest thing out there, at least really? in, indie, in in indie music for sure. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, I find it very ironic that in order to be authentic, they chose to do this, this inauthentic thing yeah yeah lo-fi recording you know yeah for sure right i mean because because they clearly had to had to work to get this effect uh so uh, there's one other issue one other little bit of an issue that i had with okay, this album and Do that tell. is that um the, the 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 song that starts the album which is also the namesake for the album is yeah. this it is uh is not it it's not by any stretch (laughs) the best song and i really i don't understand why bands i'm not a music guy i'm not a musician i don't understand why bands don't put their best song first and um and i also don't know i guess i get that it's a good album name because you're like this is our first album is this it that's kind of clever um so let me ask you this travis yeah yeah. From a storytelling point of view, why don't movies always put their best scene first? Uh, that's an interesting question. That's a really interesting question. And I think that um, some of them do try to start with something that hooks the audience, right? There's a, there's mm-hmm. a very common thing. And if you look at TV, there's a very uh, frequent trend towards towards putting a teaser up at the front of your uh, thing and i in my writing uh, tend to include a teaser sorry i've got it i'm getting an emergency alert here for a second flash flood warning sorry the county of los angeles would like you to know that if you are recording a podcast at this time (laughs) you should stop immediately (laughs) seek seek shelter immediately no i've got a podcast to do <laughs> there's there's our pull quote for the episode. Yeah, I think um, so. So uh, I, what, what? Oh, so so yes, I think that there is a trend towards inter, uh, towards starting your show in a gripping way, something that tells the audience you've got something to look forward to, um, and that's not all the you know in movies that start analog, you have to introduce characters and all that. But I don't know if that's the way albums work like are you really introducing like if you are introducing yourselves to your audience is it good to do the song that is not the best or is not even even great like i i didn't particularly like is this it as a song that's all well i guess i so to be serious for a moment because that that question was a little bit in jest totally serious i would say that there's no objective truth about best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the and and the, I mean that like there's no objective truth about which song is the best song, and there's also no objective truth about which order of songs is the best way to order an album to you mm-hmm. know. And so, I think that 
your way of putting the best song first is a perfectly reasonable way to think about it. And there are a lot of people that do think that way. And um, that's totally fine. But I don't think it's the only way to think about it. And even if it were the only way to think about it, I don't think there's any way to know for certain what the best song is going to be. Or or in this case, we would probably use the proxy of the most popular song, right? Like yeah. the history of music is littered with, you know, the, we released two singles off our album and they didn't do anything. And then the third single went, you know, quadruple platinum, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes some sense. And I think that uh, you can you can ask 100 people what the best song is and get 100 different answers or, you know, however many different songs are on the album <laughs> uh so well, it's a hundred actually so yeah i i it's not a bad it's not a bad song and i will say uh song number two the modern age uh mm -hmm. hooked me it hooked okay. me for the rest of the album so right, uh cool. yeah i was pretty i was pretty in early on um and right. uh, yeah i also like the album cover art it's it's, it's really cool, interesting isn't it yeah yeah it's cool yeah, there was a, there was so much to like about this album. I think you did a great job picking on it, picking it. Uh, it would be rated, it would be rated very high, if not for the guy's vocals. And I would pay to hear a non a non distorted version of this guy's vocals. But I do think that they weren't distorted in post. I think that they were recorded through like an amp to a recorder mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, and so I, I I I'm betting that that doesn't exist. But I would, I, I would pay good money to, um, to hear it. Okay. Well, um, before we move on to ratings, which I think we should yeah. probably do shortly, yeah, here, well, I did want to say uh, that that cover, as a scientist, I know exactly what that cover is. That oh, yeah? is, yeah, that's a, it's a plate that they use for um, nuclear decay to watch uh, nuclear decay. So those are particles uh, traveling across. Uh, a plate that they can develop and so that's like nuclear physics the answer is, is that's nuclear what? physics like all the yeah. spirals and all yeah. that is our that's... particle wow yeah yeah that is very interesting mm, i want to know more about that yeah all right all right so <laughs> what do you rate it travis you know what i i, I struggle with this because because i i hate to i hate to ding every member of the strokes for a bad decision made by their lead vocalist uh but i'm afraid i have to i i think if this were if this were nice clean vocals that weren't annoying to listen to this would easily be uh an eight or a nine even for me um really good stuff but i think i'm gonna ding it down to a seven a seven all yeah. right well, Travis, I think you'll find that you're in luck here this week because I, like I said, I didn't get into this when I was uh, younger. And so while I like this album, it is not one of my favorites. I was actually kind of uh, assigning it to you as because of its place in history, because it was so popular. I was uh, curious about that because I, I, yeah. I kind of thought, wondered why you hadn't assigned it to me earlier. Yeah. Um, this is a six for me. <gasps> like, I like it. You know, it's solid, right? But I don't ever throw this on, you know? Wow. The, the song Last Night comes up on, like, my auto playlist all the time. Uh, but, like, I don't, I don't throw this album on. I like it, but it's not, it's just not quite 
it doesn't quite do it for me. Okay. Wow. Is this yeah. a first yeah. where I've rated the album better first. than you are? I mean, to be <gasps> wow. fair, though, I'm very, very generous with my album ratings. This is the first six of any kind that I've given to something that I had heard before. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you, by the way, have you done a, uh, a compilation of our ratings? I yeah. have done most of a compilation, and you're invited to the spreadsheet, so you can look at it, too. But, uh, I will. But I haven't, definitely quite, share that with I haven't our... quite finished compiling some of the older episodes where I wasn't keeping track. So. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, I'm very curious to see that when... Uh, when it's done uh well all right uh, you want to move on yeah let's do it all right let's move on to the the this uh movie this week i gave you the martian to watch the martian was a, a 2015 science fiction film directed by ridley scott and starring matt damon uh and uh, it's uh, it starred so many people uh, jessica chastain was in it Kristen wig was in it jeff daniels michael pena kate mara sean bean sebastian stan was in it which is uh, i have a thing about him uh chiwetel ejiofor was in it and uh, it just like a whole bunch of award winners making this movie based on a 2011 book by Andy Weir uh, of the same title. And uh, it's about this astronaut who uh, who is on Mars with his crew, and they have to evacuate quickly because of an oncoming storm, and they leave him behind because they think he's dead, right? And uh, and then it's it's what follows. So it's, it's how he survives on Mars. Um... I guess uh, that's all we need to know before I can uh, turn it over to you and ask you what you thought. Well, Travis, I got to admit, I found myself uh, really liking this movie and being a little uh, a little irritated at myself for having not seen it before. I don't no. know. It got it got quite a bit of positive press, mm-hmm. uh, and it's right up my alley. Uh, and. Uh, for and some it was fairly reason, successful too. And it was it made very, like six, it was very six hundred and thirty million dollars in the box yeah, office. Yeah, no, there, there's no real reason for me to have not seen this movie at some point. I just uh-huh. hadn't seen it, and so therefore I was kind of like, I wanted to be like justified in not having seen it, and so I was like kind of irritated that it was so good, but it was <laughs> it was very very good. There's a lot to like about this movie. It covers a lot of ground. Um, mm-hmm. It actually reminded me quite a bit of Contact in all of the best ways. I loved mm. Contact, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also adapted from a book. Um, also uh, a pretty wide sweep. Also trying to get the science mostly right, uh, mm-hmm. except for the made-up bits. Um, large. I mean, uh, Contact plays quite a bit looser with the science than this movie does i mean this movie really does try to try to stick to things that are within the realm of possibility sure yes there's a lot of really great scenes of him figuring out how to you know grow food and keep himself alive for as long as possible they're constantly throwing like number of days that he can survive and and you know figuring out how to get contact with earth and just a lot of really, really good stuff. Like, there's a few times when there's things that clearly were like, oh, boy, uh, I need to write in an answer for how he deals with this thing, right? Like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We we do this, so therefore this will work out. And, you know, there's a little bit of that, but really this movie does play it very straight. Um, a lot of humor in this movie to the point there, – there were a couple of times when I'm like, mm, 
maybe maybe he wouldn't have quite so good of an attitude about this, you know? Uh, but, like, nothing you can really ding it for, right? Just like, oh, that that maybe... I, I don't know if he would be quite so glib in this situation, right? I mean, there is a such a thing as gallows humor. Right, like... there's a thing, there's such a thing as gallows humor, but but there's there's just a few times when it just takes you out of the movie a little bit. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a huge problem for me or anything, but yeah. yeah. Um, so, so a lot of, a lot of really, really good stuff. Neat relationships. Most of the characters are very, very well defined. Um, they, they get their moments. Um, there are a lot of characters in this movie. I gotta say the one thing that I would say about this movie is this really, in a way that is not true of a lot of Netflix miniseries, deserve to be a miniseries. Like you could, this easily could have been an eight, 10 or 12 episode series that, Uh that would have made a lot of sense. Uh, 45 minute episodes like sure because it does take place over the course of uh oh like what a year or two almost uh it's yeah it's quite it's quite a long time and there's this there is a point towards the end of the movie where they're like oh there's this problem and we figured out a solution for it oh there's this problem and we figured out a solution for it yeah and you kind of have to do that from a pacing standpoint it's two hours and 20 minutes and they you know they're trying to cross all their t's and dot all their i's right but i think this one you know for as much as we ding netflix and the other uh streaming production companies for making mini series of things where nothing happens for the first five episodes this is mm-hmm. the opposite where it's like there is so much here that's good story i would have loved to have seen this expanded out that's um, interesting yeah i could see that too um there there's definitely a, enough story to tell and i wouldn't be surprised if uh in 10 years they remake this as a uh, uh as a series yeah for sure uh mm-hmm. i really want to call out the beautiful martian landscapes uh apparently most of that was shot on location in mm-hmm. jordan i want to say yeah, I really loved uh, all of the on-location stuff. I think it really improved the story to not have that be Matt Damon in front of a green screen. Uh, mm-hmm. I think because so much of the movie is him on Mars, and I think it really would have suffered if that was just him on a soundstage. You mm-hmm. know, there everything had weight, and it felt it felt really really good so i really really liked that um and yeah in terms of the the performances there's nobody that you can really look at and say oh that was that was kind of a stinker uh it was all it was all really really good you know yeah yeah it was you know what it's 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 almost to me um annoyingly competent right like that's kind of how i was feeling yeah (laughs) <laughs> there's times like, when you're like my my heartstrings are being pulled oh we this could use a little romance oh there's a little romance right there and it's handled so like so delicately and so perfectly and there's it's not overdone and right yeah it's but it's, it's all it's, there it's ex- it's by the book competent though like everything about it is i don't feel like much of it is innovative mm-hmm I think it's it, but it's but it's it's great. It's it. Everything is as it should be for a story that I like. You know, you've got this 
you got this perfect hero's journey. You've got this, the, you mentioned uh, throwing out the numbers and they do this, like I have no idea how much actual time he's got and how much time he it'll take to rescue him. They ch the numbers change as things happen, but it is always more time to rescue than he can last. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and that's where we're going. And uh, there's this one thing where as soon as they say, we're not going to tell the crew of the ship that's coming back from Mars. His crew is returning from Mars. As soon mm -hmm. as they say, we're not going to tell them just yet, you know that eventually they're going to learn and, and they're going to decide to go back and get him. You just know you that know, that's going to happen. I didn't clock that quite as quickly as you did. I obviously did pick up on it before they were really... It was basically when the Donald Glover character was introduced, that's when I was yeah. like, oh, they're going to turn the ship around, right? I forgot to mention Donald Glover. Yeah, he's in there. And Benedict Wong, who you don't know, but he's big in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, yeah, a couple of Boring. other... Boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but yeah, this is... I, I was surprised to learn when I saw this... I don't know that I saw it in theaters. I thought I think I saw it after it was in theaters, but I do remember hearing about it and just it was one of those things that was just everybody was talking about it and uh it was um I I I was shocked to learn that it was directed by Ridley Scott to be honest. I was like this does not feel really? to me like a Ridley Scott movie. Uh but I don't know exactly what that is. Um Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know that what I would say feels like a Ridley Scott movie. I, I think he's a pretty flexible director. I mean, he's always doing something big, right? Like, I can't imagine yeah. Ridley Scott doing, like, a tense uh, minor character piece, like, a you know, two guys in a diner talking about their lives, right? But, right, right, right. I think, but, I think mostly genre for him. And, yeah. uh, you know, and this is technically science fiction because it takes place like 20 years uh in the future but it's um it's, it's near, near science, science fiction yeah, so it feels almost just science facty like the fiction part is almost you know irrelevant but uh, there is a lot of fiction in the way by uh by the I, I did some looking into you know what is plausible and you know mm -hmm. is there are there actually storms of that strength on mars no because mars doesn't have an atmosphere you well, know that, stuff like that. yeah so that was the one big that was the one big call out for me during the movie was they were like well no, he could just throw a tarp over the top of the capsule because there's no atmosphere and i'm like wait a minute if there's no atmosphere <laughs> What blew away the station? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're like absolutely you either, right. There's an atmosphere when you need one, but not when right. you don't. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So uh, yeah, you can't have a sandstorm uh, if you don't have an atmosphere. Um, I mean, you can. There are sandstorms on Mars and dust and stuff like that, but it's they're very weak comparatively yeah. speaking. Uh, but uh, there, you know, the other thing, and I mentioned it in the uh, when the when I signed it last week. But uh, this movie was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Motion Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy. No way, really. Uh, yes. And so I guess I they needed all was... the jokes then. Yeah, I guess it won that award. By the way, in the Golden Globes, it won. It, so it is the best musical or comedy uh, of twenty fifteen uh, according to the Golden Globes. What other categories are there for best picture in the Golden drama. Globes? Drama. It's in the Golden oh, Globes. The, it's, there's it's just drama two or musical and comedy. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that doesn't make any sense, but sure. 
Yeah, it's, it was very strange. There are a lot of it, a lot of cases like that where, like, oh, uh, I think Orange is the New Black also uh, got nominated for Best Television Show, Musical, or Comedy, and uh, it's like, really? Okay. I love that. I love that. There's just three genres: drama, musical, or comedy. Well, musical or comedy are actually joint. In right. One... No, I know, but like those yeah. are the three named genres, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does make it makes some sense, I guess, but uh, it doesn't make sense for well, whatever. You can't have a musical be its own comedy or, or be its own category, or there would be only one uh, music. You know, there's only a handful Adina of musicals Menzel every year. Would win every year, yeah, yeah. Uh, the would she? <laughs> um, Adele Dazeem would win every year. Exactly. Uh, so other than, other than that, there is one thing. Uh, I So Sebastian Stan is an actor that I have been a fan of since he was on a show called uh, Kings, I believe, uh, where he played the son of the... Uh, it was like an alternate alternate timeline country where the United States is ruled by a king, and he played the son of, I think, even the secretly gay son of the king. And... Um, and he is now known, he's also part of the MCU. He plays uh, the Winter Soldier. And it's interesting because in this movie, and I do this all the time, I think, I thought he was the, I confuse him with another actor who is one of the uh, lead actors in Game of Thrones, uh, or at least the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones before he gets killed. Uh, it's one of the Stark kids. And I thought that there was... Um, I just think that's very interesting. I thought that it was that actor in this movie until I was reading the cast list just now and see that it was and saw that it was Sebastian Stan instead. And you call yourself a Sebastian Stan fan, man. I know. I, I a, a Stan a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what those are called? I don't even know. Uh, I'm coining it now. So, uh, what did you want to? Are we ready for a rating? I mean, I think I Have am we ready for a rating. Everything that we want to talk about for this movie. I mean, kind of. I I guess, you know, mostly I just want to say it's really good and I really liked it and I think you should watch it, right? Which feels a little reductive. But I think I think actually this goes to the point that you were making of everything about this movie feels very competent and very by the book. And so mm -hmm. there isn't maybe a whole lot to say about it in an abstract sense, right? It's like it's a story about a guy who survives alone on Mars for a couple of years, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right? I did like the. Uh, uh, I liked the sciency. I liked that they were attempting to portray science as the hero, right? Uh, and yeah. he says, you know, at one point, I gotta science the shit out of this, and mm -hmm. uh, and he does. Yeah. Uh, the science isn't always, you know, accurate, like we've yeah. we've talked about, but uh, but at, for the most part, they do try to take a, a very realistic there's very, look at there's the very little hand waving in this movie you know? yeah yeah they're they're yep. expli they're showing their work right yeah so i, I really appreciated that uh so yeah wait, with that there, said, wait, wait, wait. there was one thing that i uh, i pegged to where um he, he's on mars for a while eating uh eating you know min minuscule rations even though he grows he manages to grow potatoes at some point. His whole crop is destroyed. And so he has lost a lot of weight by the time something happens. And uh, and you see this uh, body double of him. Does he take a shower or something? At yeah. one point, he's naked. Yeah, and, he uh, takes a shower. Why does he take a shower? That seems like a colossal waste of, uh, of water. But anyway, um, 
he he shaves and and takes a shower and he's heading home and uh, you see him uh you see a body double for Matt Damon very skinny emaciated uh and then he slips into his um into his spacesuit and we see Matt Damon again and I thought that was yeah. very obvious use of a body double Yeah I mean it, it's a tough call right because I think we're trying to get away from like the um Oh God! Who's the guy who's always oh Christian Bale? You know we're trying to get Christian away Bale from the hey machinist. Christian Bale. A couple Bale. of other actors yeah. have done that whole weight loss thing. Yeah, and you know if we were playing it straight, right? Like yeah, he he should be consistently losing a lot of weight because he's on very short rations for a very long time. Uh, and I was I was sort of waiting for the oh he's emaciated scene. And you're right, it it is sort of. Uh, it's all, it almost would have been better to not have it because it's it sticks out so much. But, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, you know, I didn't mind it. Like there... I didn't mind it. I was just thought yeah. it was funny that once he puts on his spacesuit, uh, suddenly he's Matt Damon with uh, pretty nice full cheeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, anyways. Well, go well, ahead and give me a rating. Yeah, I'm going to give it a rating. I'm going to rate it a nine. Huh, uh, okay. I liked this. I liked this quite a lot, and there were times when I thought I would maybe give it a ten, but I think the compressed p- pacing in the last forty minutes, and yeah, the glibness of his character uh, on throughout his time on Mars, just just maybe irritated me enough to to keep me from from giving this movie a ten. There's just a couple of issues that that bothered me enough. I will definitely watch this movie again. I really, really liked it, um, but it's not a ten for me. Yeah, I, it's not. It's not for me, and I actually might go a little bit lower than uh, I, uh, than you because Travis hates is... competence. <laughs> no, no, it's just it 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 is. It's it's almost too perfect. You know, like, like it doesn't, it's, it's, it's so by the book and by the numbers that I don't feel like there was much in the way of ingenuity in the storytelling. Like I kind of saw everything coming from a mile away. Um, even though I, this is the second time I've seen it. And, uh, but that was the feeling I had. Yeah. I didn't remember much about it. And that was the feeling that I had going into it. So, um, I will also probably rewatch this again, but maybe not for another 10 years, you know? So I'm going to go ahead and give it an eight. Okay. Very good movie. Definitely worth watching. What'd you think of Contact? I like Contact. I like Contact a lot. too. I really do. Maybe not as much as this movie though. Um, because Contact, one of the things it has going against it is it's very long. It it's feels long. long. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, and I so think it's although pretty I... close to three hours, isn't it? Oof, I don't know, man, but it's uh, yeah. it definitely feels long, and uh, I don't mind it, but it does. You feel the what feels like a little bloat, I think. Um, yeah. But it, 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 contact like this is very competent. Uh, I, I love, you know, the, I do enjoy everything about it: the acting, the the mm-hmm. the directing, the special effects are all pretty good. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> hit contact because, and we'll never talk about it because you've already seen it. Uh, so maybe this is our chance. Uh, a lot of people hit it for the aliens looking like her dad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I will say on this most recent viewing, that didn't bug me at all. Like, yeah. 
I, I, I got it. I think I understood what they were doing and mm -hmm. I liked it. Um, and I also like it's based on uh, Carl Sagan's book, which uh, I'm a big fan of, of his. So, Yeah, for sure. And hey, I saw Jenna Fisher in something. Jenna Fisher? Jenna, what's the girl? Uh, Jenna Fisher is from The Office. No, yeah, Jenna Elfman? Malone. Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone. I saw Jenna Malone. She's plays child. Uh, she plays child Jodie. Oh Foster. yeah, she's the baby. Yeah, she's yeah. young. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I noticed her too. I was like, oh my god, that's so crazy. Yeah, is that uh, cool? Yeah. Yeah, that she so. grew up to be a a movie star. So yeah, um, excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, what have you got for me for next week? Next week. So, do you remember the new pornographers? It was just a few weeks ago. Uh, yes, uh, barely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave them a pretty good rating, and you said you really liked their female vocalist. And oh. so, Travis, this week, I'm giving you an album by the new pornographer's female vocalist, Nico oh. Case. Uh, so Nico Case is an American singer-songwriter. Uh, she really started out in country well, what we call alt country, which is like mm -hmm. country without all the trucks and guns and dogs. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, she worked with New Pornographers, which is really a pop music project. And there's this album. I'm giving you an album this week called Blacklisted, which was sort of her first album that was not like there's still country-ish elements to it but it is really more of like a chanteuse songwritery album very dramatic uh i really like it and i hope you really like it too it's about 40 minutes long so all right well i look forward to do i look forward to hearing that i do i do remember enjoying her vocals on uh, on that playlist or album that we listened to um all right, Travis. So what do you have for me? Well, how do you feel about going to see a movie that's actually in theaters right now? Oh, man, we've been doing this for 33 weeks. I think I'm ready. Can you, can you take that step? Uh, all right. I well, I, yeah. I recently saw Barbie in theaters, <gasps> and I would love to talk about it with you. And oh I, I'd actually like to see it again in preparation for a podcast recording. So, um, oh, that sounds amazing. I would love to do that. I have been actually super excited about this. I love Greta Gerwig. I don't know why I haven't seen it already. So, interesting. I yeah. didn't know that you were a fan. I, I do remember I did see uh, Lady Bird in its, uh, as it was ramping up for its award season uh, a few years ago, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, I don't have to do much introduction for this movie at all, but as you said, it's directed by Greta Gerwig, and it stars Margot Robbie as Barbie, but also, like, a ton of other people as Barbie. Like, every iteration of Barbie is in there, and also Ryan Gosling uh, as Ken, but also a bunch of other Kens, and so they're all in there. Uh, America Ferreira plays a human, and uh, Will Ferrell as the, as the CEO of Mattel, which we'll talk about. It's a fascinating fascinating movie and i cannot wait to talk to you it has already made over 1.2 billion dollars that is worldwide. a lot of dollars a lot yeah. of dollars and so uh, i think it's something that we should uh, we should talk about but um i enjoyed it immensely and i think you will too i really do knowing your sensibilities uh i think you'll like it but that's what i'm going to give you and i'm so glad you're open to seeing it this week so we can talk about it next week all right well travis 
Thank you for exposing yourself to me this week. Oh, Matt, thank you for exposing yourself to me. And hey, listeners, if you want to expose yourself to each of us, you can do that by emailing us at uh, exposingourselvespodcast at gmail.com or finding us on our Facebook page at Exposing Ourselves. And please, if you're listening to us this long, do us a favor and just uh, rate us and leave a review if you'd like on whatever app you're using to listen to us. I know on Apple Music, I had to scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show page to find where you can review something so hopefully that'll help you and uh, you will help us thanks and matt oh i can't wait to talk to you next week oh can't wait to talk to you travis have a good one all right you too bye-bye